What's happening, Cross family? Welcome to Wednesday at the Cross. I'm joined by my sidekick, Nick Slade. And, uh, Good evening. <laughs> and so what we wanted to do tonight is just talk about some of the things that we've kind of learned uh, during this pandemic. And I think uh, it would probably be wise for all of us to write down, hey, here's something I've learned uh, during this time of isolation, quarantine. Uh, you know, as I spoke on Sunday, I, I've learned that you can't trust most of what you hear uh, in regards to uh, media, et cetera. Uh, but I have, again, established that I can trust the Word of God. And Nick, we're hearing so many opinions and uh, theories and conspiracies right now. And it's very important, brother, that we dive into the Word of God. Absolutely. I think the push, and as you talked about on Sunday, that that to know where truth lies and know that you can press into it um, is so vitally important right now when all of this confirmation bias and the crazy things that you see on TV, they're literally on the news and on commercials now saying, hey, you need to relax, turn your TV off. You know, I mean, because we just are so distracted by these things around us that we could lose sight of really seeking after the Father. So, Absolutely. Well, let's interact on some of these, and uh, I would encourage you to write them down and uh, interact in a small group later. Interact with your family. But one of the things I, I really believe as much as ever is I believe that everyone's story really does matter and everyone's story has redemptive value. And if you want a passage to go to, Nick, read Acts 10, starting in verse 34, brother. Yeah, this is great. So Acts 10, starting at 34, Peter said, I understand now that God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. Mm. He accepts those who fear him and do what is right. If you want to know God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And, and I love awesome. that right there, that God does not play favorites. God is not a God of partiality. And I really believe for every person, uh, if they're willing to press in, the door's wide open. Jesus is like, come to me. Just come to me. And uh, when we allow the gospel to become center of who we are and the centrality of Christ becomes the joy of our journey, it, it changes everything uh, about us. No person is an accident. You matter to God. And I believe one of the things that we're seeing so much during this uh, pandemic again is, is just a lot of depression and a lot of discouragement and a lot of hopelessness is going on. And before the universe was ever even created, God had us on his mind. So, Nick, people matter to God. That's right. And I think one of the things that I've seen is really getting to even know my neighbors a little bit better. I spent a lot of time in the garage uh, cutting wood and doing stuff like that. And um, uh, just being out and people walk by or we, we go walk in the park and things like that. Um, it's amazing how open people are to talk, you know, obviously it's safe distances, but when you just ask a total stranger, how are you doing? You could, you get more information now than any other time because their emotions are all over the place and people are handling this in so many different ways. And every person we meet, their story matters. And I would encourage right. you, like, as I was thinking through this, every person matters before God. It, it, 
and it doesn't even matter where you land or where you stand on your political views, but if you turn on uh, the TV and you're trying to get an update of whatever's happening, whether it's Trump, whether it's Pelosi, whether it's Fauci, whether it's you name it, whether it's a person representing the, the WHO, HWO, or the CDC, you can sit there and go, you know what, I, I'm not really sure I agree with their agenda or their ideas or where they're going, but I've sat there at times and I'm like, man, that person right there matters to God. That, that person's journey really matters. That person is going to stand before God one day. That, that person is going to spend eternity somewhere. And it's really, I don't know if it's more compassion or whatever, but for me, Nick, it's been like, wow. I mean, honestly, it takes practice to view everybody that way. Mm. <laughs> you have to consistently remind yourself. We can get so wrapped up, in, especially in things like politics, but it seems like everything is so divisive right now that we forget that um, someone who we might totally disagree with so many things on is still precious to the Lord. Mm. It's a very easy place to get. So practicing that, reminding yourself when you feel yourself getting angry that the Lord cares just as much for that person as they do for you. So. Yeah, and so I would encourage you, like, who will you share your story with today, this week? Uh, who will you get to know? Who will you reach out to? And, you know, even as, as I shared uh, in the message this past Sunday, and I quoted our brother Ravi Zacharias uh, many times. Ravi passed away yesterday. He's in the presence of the Lord. But Ravi made this statement, an observation. I'm reading a new book. I would encourage you to get it, The Logic of God by Ravi. It was $1.99 on Kindle. Wow, amazing. But Ravi made this statement. He said, behind every question, there's a questioner. And Ravi cared to show dignity to the questioner, to the person, no matter what the idea, no matter what the concept was. And back, I, I, I'm reading this just pondering. Every person's story matters. Every questioner matters before God. And God is going to give you an opportunity to love on somebody. And I'll, I would just say, yes, your story matters. It's so huge, Nick. Absolutely. I remember when you and I got to go hang out with Ravi one night. It was on, on my birthday several years ago and just watching that compassion he had mm. for questions that he had that have been asked a thousand times on YouTube. Yeah. But these people should know how he's going to answer it and just one to watch a brilliant mind function, but to watch him have that compassion over people. You know, it, it's a challenge to us as Jesus followers to say, how can I extend that compassion in that same way? Where when people look at us, they say, you show the compassion of Christ. And I think that's the goal of each of us is can we love people the way God has shown his affection for, for people? Mm. That was a cool night. And, and because of the friendship with Robbie and some of the relational uh, hang time with him in the past, were you 35? Were you turning 35 or 34? Or what was it? I, th I think so. I think 35. Yeah. So one of the things we were trying to figure out is like, uh, man, that would really be cool. It was on your birthday. And it was Robbie and the guy you listen to a lot. Dennis Prager. And we, we got to go there, and, and they're like, hey, man, we'll get you seats on the front row. And I'm like, no way. And that was so fun. But like you said, just the compassion he had for people was unreal. Here's another principle that I've gone back and kind of thought through uh, during this pandemic. But I'm like, 
do you really believe this to be true? And I do. I believe that God is truly for me. And Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters. It says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, it goes on to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, verse 37, he says, we're more than conquerors through Christ that has loved us. And I really believe more than ever before that God is for us. God is not against us. God is really wanting to see the most favorable thing happen in our life. It might not be earthly uh, wealth or whatever, but I'm like, God wants us to really believe that he's for us. And here's where, Nick, I started thinking, if we started each day believing God's for me, what would our days look like? What would our weeks look like? Uh, I would encourage you, and you know this to be so important, if we make a, a gratitude list or a list of what we're thankful for, if we woke up in the morning and just wrote down two or three things, God, here's what I'm thankful for, it changes our perspective. Absolutely, it does. How you start your day, especially in these weird weeks, you know, I have found to be crucial for how the rest of my day mm. really um, goes about, you mm. know. I get, sometimes I'm so longing to sit and just have a cup of coffee and be like sit next to my wife and just do nothing for a little bit, but I start to realize that can extend a long way. Mm. You know, you really have to decide, like, I'm going to really knock some things out, and I'm going to, and so that idea of consistently reminding yourself of how thankful you are because we all have unbelievable things to be thankful for mm -hmm. and um they're not even really that hard to find in, no matter where you are right now and uh, and what you're going through not only is the lord with you but he's fought that fight that we could not accomplish mm. on our own. There's no condemnation. So we don't live as victims. We live as conquerors. That's right. Right? And, and, and I think one of the things for me as I was thinking through this, we're victors, not victims. We're conquerors. And, and, and I was meeting with a person here in the last few weeks, and uh, this guy had been struggling through some things, and he's like, man, I just don't want to live the way I've been living. And I'm like, stop it change your terminology. He was like, what do you mean? I will start today pressing into the Lord. That is a way different way to, I think we need to start preaching to ourselves based on what God has said. And when we do, we start to change our perspective and we can start to move toward that. Man, I am thankful for breath. I'm thankful for water. I'm thankful that I've got a roof over my head. I, there's just simple, simple things every day that we can be thankful for instead of focusing on what we don't have or focusing on what the old normal or old rhythms used to be. It's like, Nick, I'm very thankful that we have access to a video camera and it is so stinking hard to just look at a camera with nobody being in the room. But I'm like, we have access to minister to our people and to other people. I'm thankful that we have this instead of getting down on what we don't have. I think it's so, so crucial again, brother, to just give thanks. Absolutely. And it, it's such an interesting thing. I was thinking about this with something else not be thinking about what you're denying yourself, which is what you were saying in that conversation with, with that guy. Here's all the things. I just got to stop doing these things. But think about the freedom you're moving into, right? That positive thought process. Mm. I can't tell you how many people I will be 
um, hanging out with or whatever, and I'll tell Lisa, like, I really like them. And I realize, you know why? They're very positive. They really, you know, they look at life with a brighter perspective. And that's what you're saying. You want to be successful? Don't look at the negative and what you don't get to do. Look at what you're pressing into. Mm. And I think that's a, a great way to think about it. So let's play on this. Here, here was something I wrote down years ago, but I've gone back and revisited this thought process here. And here's the principle. Obstacles are what we see when we take our eyes off of our goal. And you know from the first time we've met, like li living a life of simplicity 2 Corinthians 11.3, I'm afraid just as the serpent tempted Eve with all of his craftiness that your minds would be led astray from simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And I believe one of the, one of the, the challenges for us is staying focused on the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ because obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off your goal, I will keep him in perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3, who keeps his mind fixed on the Lord. So how important is that based on what we're talking about with thankfulness, whatever, but eliminating obstacles, eliminating distractions, eliminating things that really can weigh us down and pull us down. So important. And you would think we'd have less distractions because we're at home more, but... I have found I have maybe more because as I'm doing work, I think about that I was supposed to hang a blind or cut the grass, and now I'm in, you know, I'm close enough to where I could go do that at any moment. And so, forcing yourself to be focused on seeking the Lord, and really, you know, you and I talk about routines all the time, and like when we go through seasons where routines are wacky, it can be hard on us, you know, and mm -hmm. we just. It can be exhausting and things like that, and, but making that seeking the Lord being a big part of your routine. And, you know, we talk about the blessing of technology. Um, inside of that blessing is the ability to seek the Lord while you're doing other things, too. So you have this time that's just for him. And then while I cut the grass, I can listen to somebody like Robbie mm -hmm. or I can worship through music and things like that. There's just so many opportunities to seek him and so easily we get distracted. You know, we have a bunch of mountain bikers in the, uh, uh, the congregation here. And um, I've heard it said, I've mountain biked a couple of times with my daughter. It scares me to death. And I leave in a lot of pain. But um, they say that you, you don't look at a tree because if you look at a tree, you're going to hit it. You look at the path where you're going. Because as soon as your eyes go onto that tree, you're going straight towards it. Mm -hmm. So you are guided where your focus goes. And that's, that's true here. If I'm mm -hmm. continually making God my aim and my direction then that is the direction that I'm going to go. It is. And, you know, we talk about live with eternity as your backdrop. Live with the thought process that today could be my last day on the planet. So if it's going to be my last day on the planet, it's like how do I make this day count for the glory of God and for the good of my family and for the good of my neighbor? And I, I'm just telling you right now, if you will... and. I, I was taught this early on. Man, you've got a PE, brother. You've got a PE. You've got to prioritize and emphasize. And if you can write down the things that are non-negotiables and the essentials and just say, I'm prioritizing that and I'm going to emphasize that, it keeps me on target big time, Nick. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, writing those things out, I think we get, uh, we get so used to our routines that the reason it makes us crazy when we're outside of it is because we're used to just flowing with it. We know what we do on specific days. So when mm -hmm. a wrench get th gets thrown in it, you must be 
um, uh, very uh, insistent and persistent about uh, new routines that are moving you in the right direction. That's right. So I wrote down just a few thoughts that I think you uh, could maybe answer these and work through them yourself. But defining what really matters. To me, a simple life means blank. If you had to answer that or complete that statement, a simple life to me would be blank. Uh, if I were to simplify my life, I would be free to do blank. What would it be? If I would eliminate distractions and get rid of a lot of these obstacles, if I really simplified, what would it look like? I would be free to do what? And then what is keeping me today from simplifying my life? What am I unwilling to give up? And whether it's a bad playmate or a bad playground or a bad play toy or whatever it is, what, what is hindering me right now of living a life of freedom uh, before the Lord and, and just being simple? So I would encourage you to work through uh, those questions. Nick, uh, here's another one for me. And we've talked about this for a long time. But again, this pandemic has really created certain challenges for us. But I would tell you this, the unscripted life is the only one worth living. When we try to script and plan and control everything, if you're a control freak, this time right now is driving you crazy. But if you've got some flexibility inside of you and you can kind of move and make adjustments, I mean, you're still flowing pretty good. But again, if we're going to live the unscripted life, we've got to be willing to trust God. And I shared this story way back, but I remember when Benji was four years old and we were in Hilton Head and we, we had played around in the pool that morning. We had gone up for lunch and uh, while we were up for lunch, uh, Benji left his armbands. And so we get back down to the pool and Benji was like, I don't have my armbands. I can't get in the pool. And I'll never forget this. And I was like, uh, I'm not going back up to the room to get your armbands. You know, I can't swim, Dad. I can't get in. And I said, and I was in the five-foot uh, water, and Benji was four years old. And I said, hey, I want you to come over to the edge, and I want you to jump. A and he's looking at me, and I said, Benji, I don't want you to trust your ability to swim. I just want you to trust my ability to catch you. And he looked at me, and he came to the edge, and he jumped. And I'll never forget catching him and said, all right, I'm going to release you, but you can get back to the other side without your armbands. You can do it. And before that afternoon was over, Benji was swimming from one side to the other side. Now, dad was in the water, and, but, but he was trusting dad not to forsake him or leave him, if you will. And I think part of this journey is God saying, I want you to trust me. A lot of what you're going to experience right now is going to be unscripted, but I've given you the Holy Spirit, and I want to lead you. How important, Nicholas, is that? <laughs> Epically important. But I think Benji just like those water wings that look like he had guns. Um, the, uh, it's a, uh, you know, walking in faith, you know, understanding that you are not in control. I've been thinking about that a lot, too. If you've got a lot of control in you, this time has got to make you crazy, right? And so understanding that the Lord has you, that he's walking ahead of you, that he understands exactly your fear and your hopes, and that he is, uh, he's longing for you to know him better, and that he has fought those fights that are the ultimate ones. Mm -hmm. And so as we look at things as being so big, it's not that he's looking at them as small, but he's looking at them as 
these are things that are rough for you, or and he wants to minister to you through them and understanding that letting your faith grow in this time of uncertainty. It is such a huge piece uh, of this journey. Playing on that right there, okay? Adversity is a gift from God. Yeah. And nothing will teach you more about who you are than adversity <laughs> and pain and not knowing, seeing how we react when something comes against us. You know, what is our reaction tells us a lot about who we are and where our faith lies. Because when we go through adversity, intention, and pressure, a lot of times we want to eliminate it. We don't want to participate in it, but adversity is such a gift because God will use that to bring about so much more uh, root system in our life and, and deeper growth in our life when we press into it. And again, Paul would say in Romans 5, we've, ju we've been justified through faith and we now have peace with God and we rejoice now in the hope of the glory of God. But he goes on to say, we rejoice in tribulation. Tribulation brings about perseverance. Perseverance is going to bring about proven character, and proven character is going to bring about hope, the hope that we talked about for three weeks on Wednesday night, uh, the hope that we have in Christ. And he goes, this hope will not disappoint you because the love of God and the, the grace of God and the strength and power of the gospel is poured out in you when you don't give up, when you stay with it. So nobody likes it. And you and I have talked so much about uh, I, I enjoy tension. You know, we talk about being stabilizers and creating tension and all that. But reality is we all appreciate it, really, to go, I needed that in my journey. I needed that rejection. I needed that betrayal. And it's, it's the moments that you look back on that you really realize where there was purpose, you know. We rarely look back at, like, man, that was a great five years where nothing happened to me. And, you know, just we had fun and everything was fine. We look at those moments um, in the rear view and, and are able to say as mm -hmm. believers, God really showed up. God showed me how to trust him. And uh, that's why, but you're right. We're not praying, Lord, bring me um, adversity. Um, sometimes when we're praying, Lord, I want to grow. Maybe that is what we're praying. We don't know it. But but I think um, none of us are really there because it's, it's hard to, when we go through those things, to see really what's happening. Mm. But on the other side, you're able to look back and say, that might have been terrible, but my closeness with who God is now was worth it. Mm. Because he invites us to struggle well. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I, and I think that's been such a theme for you and I since in our seven plus years of partnership and ministry together, Nick. Because working with you is a struggle. <laughs> Just kidding. The no laughs in the room is the best part about this. There's nobody here. I mean, your humor, <laughs> your humor that I so appreciate is empty, Nick. Yeah. So nobody can laugh at you or smile back at you or whatever. Hey, guys, we, we love you, we and do. we really do uh, miss doing life with you. And, uh, hey, please join us on Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon on our sports field. But Nick, we're going to have a great time Sunday afternoon of worship and prayer. We may even throw some cornhole uh, boards out there and, uh, and have some fun with people. Hey, it's supposed to be possibly a rainy, possible rainy day. E every day in May and June is a possible rainy day. But we're, we're, we're hoping that it would just be a, a great day that people could engage in worship and fellowship and some community. We're going to encourage you, hey, 
you know, try to keep your, your, your space a little bit. But we just believe that in the midst of this struggle, we need some community right now, Nick. We absolutely do. We, we also absolutely believe we want everyone to be safe. And if you at all had any apprehensions about joining us, it is totally okay, obviously, for you not to be there. And we're going to try to, you know, enforce those things and keep people away and let families worship together and families be together. And for you to wave to somebody and say, I love you and I miss you, we just think is a powerful opportunity. So we're looking forward to it, to sing together, to press into the God together. And people may say, well, you guys are supposed to be six feet apart and all this. And it's not that Nick used hand sanitizer. He did use deodorant today for the first time, and I was so happy. I'm giving it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, we really do love you. We miss you. And we're so thankful that you've continued to dive uh, into the Word with us on Sunday with our worship and Word time. You guys know the job that he's done in regards to arranging and just the worship. We've had people tell us, one lady the other day said, this is the best online worship I, I've seen so far. And week after week, I so appreciate Nick's humility and heart as he works with his team up here. So that's been so good. The preparation that goes into messages, we're, we've tried to stay in this John uh, series at a strong way with you. And, and Nick, we've got three more weeks, 19, 20, and 21. With your John journals, continue to dive into God's Word. Uh, continue to stay strong as we, uh, as we all work together this week. I can't wait to break down some of those last words that Jesus shared as we celebrate Memorial Day weekend. Mm. Final word in close, Nick. <clears throat> I would say that this is a unique opportunity. Um, and there's just so much opportunity in this time. And so as you visit with your small group and things like that, remember that God is working. Mm. Remember where the true, um, the true fountain of truth is mm. and press into God in this time. Your opportunity to grow is maybe like no mm. other you'll have in your lifetime. And so let this be the time that you really grow and press in. That's exactly right. Because for me, where I, my, my marinade... I love sports. Baseball's off the, it's, it's off. I turn on ESPN and I feel like I'm watching I Love Lucy reruns because it's nothing but games that took place 20 years. You've got time. You've got time to carve out right now to say, man, I'm going to really dive deep. If we can help you, I mean, we've got tons of studies and different things that we put together. We want to help you struggle well, and we want to help you in your spiritual growth and formation. So, hey, God bless you. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. As you interact in small group, uh, et cetera, I just pray that it's a rich time of fellowship for you. We will see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and we will see you Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. Make it a great week. Love you guys. Yeah, love you.